We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And before we hit episode 34, which is going to be packed with college football goodness, it's a Debbie-centric episode, y'all. Let's pause for a word from That's Good Sports. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty and Debbie fantasy football. My name is Travis May and I am the Debbie coordinator at Rotoviz and I'm joined by Curtis Patrick, the Dynasty coordinator at Rotoviz. And like Curtis said uh, at the very beginning of the show, we are going to be talking some college football, some, some future studs of the NFL type conversation, and we're going to actually have a live Devi draft mock here and uh, go through the first round uh, the first 12 picks uh, in a Devi draft uh, and if you're unfamiliar with Devi that's where you can actually roster college players on your team 
and watch them develop throughout college. And then when they hit the pros, you automatically get to put them on your dynasty roster. It's one of the most fun formats of fantasy football in existence. I still have an old Juju Smith-Schuster share that I'm, I'm enjoying thoroughly that I've had since like 2015 or something like that. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a blast. So if you're unfamiliar with Debbie, I think you'll enjoy it because there's tons of good info. You'll learn about some of the top players in college football. But if you are in Debbie leagues, I think the board's been shifting. So I'm interested to see uh, where, where Curtis is going to go with some of his picks. But I think to decide the draft order, Curtis, you have a special coin that you're going to toss if, if I if I am uh, remembering correctly here. Yeah, man, I got on my trusty man's coin. And uh, my man's coin, uh, I bought this from uh, Mr. Manzanelli on Twitter. And, you know, I'm going to make you call it, man. You can either get paid or get <laughs> laid. Do you want to get paid or get those laid? Are, you got to call it in the air, man. Those are the two man. options. I have to, so I have to call can, paid or, or laid. I, you, it's not heads or tails? No, paid or laid. Okay. All right, so... Uh, let me uh, get back. I'm going to assume your so wife's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get paid, it's I'm fine, like, man. You can say that, but on the off chance she does go. answer, you got to keep that in mind. So you want to get paid or get laid? Okay. I, I think I'll get in less trouble if I yell "paid out" rather than the other, because uh, my <laughs> wife is on. The, she is in the other room. <laughs> so okay. uh, we'll see what I call in here, though. Let's just let's just give it a whirl. Okay. For for this is uh, this is awesome. Um, a podcast so i'm getting ready to flip the coin okay here here we go call it in the air paid oh you did get paid so do you want the first oh pick i got or paid. the second pick uh, you did get paid you, so you, do you know want what? the first pick or the second uh, pick i i will defer because i get the ball in the second half okay i like it i that's like not it how, uh, that's not at all how this works but I, i'm taking second pick so Man, yeah. If you, if you want to give me the first pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Let's just uh, let's just get straight into it, man. And I I have made it. I have made a, a change atop my Debbie rankings. And just for you know, you did a good job of describing the Debbie format. Um, but but this is not just you know 2020 prospects. These are 2020, 2021. You know, and even further out. Typically, what I will do in my own rankings is I'm gonna uh, bump guys who are available a little sooner up the board uh, because I'm going to start getting some points from them and get that NFL information from them uh, a little bit sooner. Now, you know, there's obviously a, a point where a player's talent level and, you know, certain production metrics that he might hit or, uh, at, you know, hints about his athleticism uh, might come forward, you know, just from team workouts that we have an idea of where he might test. And so then he'll get bumped up even if he's, he's not going to be available for an extra year. But I, I just want to preface that. Because while this is not necessarily, you know, if every player was available in 2020, this is not the player that I would choose. But because he will be available to me next year, you know, my 101 in this Debbie draft, is it's now Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor has somehow, Travis, he's increased his per-touch efficiency. This isn't, I, I don't understand. He just gets so much volume. And he's averaging over seven yards a carry. And then they finally, they have finally unleashed the beast. Jonathan Taylor is getting receiving game work. He has three receiving touchdowns already this year. He's he's going to cruise past, cruise past anything he's ever done in his career uh, from a receiving standpoint uh, so far uh, this season. You know, I think he's he's obviously on the very short list of, of Heisman favorites, really seems to be coming into his own. He is going to just obliterate the combine uh next year we we all know that 
And uh, I, I think he's as sure of a thing uh, to be drafted in the first round as any of these other backs. And it is a deep, it, it is going to be a deep class at the running back position, we think. But Jonathan Taylor uh, is my 101. What say you? Whew. Yeah, man. I actually just talked about Jonathan Taylor on my Debbie Weekly series just because I, I don't always talk about you know the, the no-brainer type top options in that column, but I just had to. After just dropping another 200 yards in, in a big-time game uh, this week in a dominating performance against Michigan, I mean, in just three quarters he dropped 200 yards. It's just absurd what he does consistently week after week. He's already inside the top 50 all-time in college career rushing yards, and he's only three games into his third season. Like, it's just absurd. He, he could finish with the most rushing yards in college football history, especially if he chooses to come back after this year, which <laughs> that's not going to happen. But, I mean, he's just back-to-back-to-back, game-after-game, absolutely dominating. He's played 30 college games, and he's rushed for at least 100 yards 25 times out of 30 opportunities. So, kind of absurd. Uh, he definitely has to be in the conversation for the first overall pick. But uh, for me, in the second slot, this makes my decision a little bit easier. I am going to go with uh, DeAndre Swift for Georgia. Whereas, you know, we, we know how athletic, uh, how athletic Jonathan Taylor can be. He has definitive, uh, you know, clear high school testing numbers. I mean, he ran like a 4-4-2. Uh, DeAndre Swift did not really, you know, log an official 40 uh, at, 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 you know, the right type of recruiting events to count towards towards his uh, recruiting profile in high school. So we don't really know how fast he is. I think he is pretty quick. Uh, I think he does have solid athleticism. Uh, he puts that on display every week uh, for Georgia. Uh, he doesn't have the elite production profile just due to the fact that Georgia likes to kind of have a two- or three-headed monster uh, like they have in, in recent uh, recent years. Uh, but looking back, even to his his freshman year, when he was sharing carries with Sonia Michelle and, and Nick Chubb, who they've done okay for themselves, uh, he actually had more catches than either of them. He was actually the leading receiver in that backfield with, uh, even though it doesn't sound like a lot, 17 catches for Georgia that season uh, was decent uh, backfield market share. And I think he just brings a complete skill set, more so than I think Jonathan Taylor has proven to do in a large sample at, at catching the ball. Um, so I think... He has adequate size. He's going to have adequate athleticism. He's going to have the most balanced skill set in the entire class. What he doesn't have is the flashy one single attribute like speed like Travis Etienne. He doesn't have the crazy 2,000 yards from scrimmage, uh, you know, three consecutive seasons probably for Jonathan Taylor. But I think he's still going to have that top 50 overall draft capital, and he's going to be an early first-round pick, almost lock it in. So for me, DeAndre Swift is pretty safe. But I have some questions just because I don't know just how athletic he is like I do some of the other top options. It, would Swift have been your second pick here, Curtis? Yeah, he he would. Uh, he and Taylor are are my top two. So uh, chalk, chalk in my rankings so far. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm, I, interested, I'm gonna, to see who, interested to see who you take here at three. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move off of the running back position. I'm going to go over to the wide receiver position. Uh, position uh, to a player having a, a remarkable season uh, following up his stellar sophomore campaign. It's Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, just fell short of uh, a true breakout in 2018. Uh, was very close, had a 20, uh, 27% dominator rating. But, uh, you know, he's 
former five-star recruit, uh, super young, super young. He'll play his en- entire uh, rookie season, uh, assuming that he declares his entire rookie season in the NFL will be played at age 21. Um, you know, those of you who are religious listeners to the podcast know how passionate I am about those players that uh, play their whole uh, first season at age 21. Uh, one of the reasons that I love DJ Moore so much because what he was able to do at that age and, you know, Jerry Judy will be in kind of that same cohort, which is, which is pretty skinny, pretty skinny cohort. Um, only about yeah. 30 some receivers with draft capital have really, be, have really done that since, uh, since the year 2000. So Judy this year, uh, just kind of overview what he's done, just remarkably consistent. Um, something that we didn't, we didn't see in every game last year in some of those conference games, um, you know, he did have a, a few instances where, you know, he fell short of, you know, four receptions and 60 yards, but, you know, so far this season, uh, no less than six receptions or 68 yards in any contest has scored touchdowns in three out of four games, uh, six touchdowns overall, uh, just, you know, 30 receptions through four, through four contests, uh, clearly one of the engines that's making the Alabama offense go. And obviously he's going to you know, be on every scout's uh, film list because of everyone watching Tua at the quarterback position for that first <laughs> overall, you know, potential selection. So it's just one of those things where, you know, you you play on a on a team like Alabama, you're just going to be seen over and over and over and over again. And he has some great film. I can't wait until you chart him uh, if he does declare yeah. and to see what some of your findings are. But Jerry Judy, uh, my 103 in, in this Debbie draft. Nice. I think that's pretty chalk right, right there. Those top three um, are all probably top four or five options for most people at this point uh, in terms of uh, Debbie value and projecting really even NFL real draft stock for those guys. Uh, just because I think Jerry Judy is going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick uh, next year. I think uh, most people already kind of want to lock that in. For me, uh, I have to go with my namesake at, with, at the fourth pick, and that's Travis Etienne. For Clemson, obviously he has the elite top-end speed, but this year he's doing more than just that. I've kind of already outlined him a couple times in a couple different places uh, in my college football coverage over at Rotoviz, but he's consistently finding positive yardage and, and being incredibly efficient and adding some key receptions this year. Coming into this year, he only had 17 total receptions in his first two seasons, five as a freshman, 12 last year. He's already got eight through four games now. So on a much better pace to actually prove he can actually catch the ball. And he's actually taken, taken it for some yak, too, uh, up to 11 yards per reception so far. Uh, and really, so far, he's not had to do much on a consistent basis because Clemson just kills everyone. And he's actually only averaging about 15 touches per game. But And given the Clemson schedule is so soft because the ACC is just basically one and a half teams, uh, I don't think we're going to get to see much of what his potential is against real NFL competition until we get closer to the end of this season. But I think just like he's proven in prime time before, he, he can dominate and he's faster than just about everybody on the field at any given time. So I, I have no worries besides the receiving aspect of his profile. And I mean, he's already expressed he's a little bit nervous when he catches the ball. But uh, Travis Etienne is is most definitely good enough to make the cut in this top elite tier of, of players for me. Is he, is he kind of like right there in that, that tier one for you as well? Well, he certainly gets a bonus for being available, presumably in 2020. And you can make good arguments. There's even a couple backs after ETN 
that you can make good arguments uh, for. And I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily a gulf, you know, between he and Taylor and Swift. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I prefer, I prefer Judy um, because of kind of him sh- emerging as a, a volume receiver and a, a top-notch SEC offense. I mean, those guys just hit in the NFL, you know, pretty much automatically. And uh, if ETN were yeah. to, you know, if he could find his way to something like 30 receptions this year and, and truly answer that, that question um, in, in his profile, I think, you know, I'd feel a little bit better right now. But this is, you know, this 101 to 104 in next year's class, I mean, I feel like right now super, super flat. Uh, you know, this – this early in the college football season, you know, before we actually have combine measurables, uh, I'd be elated to get any of these four players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And speaking of players good enough to to make the cut, uh, and and speaking of things that cut, Harry's razors. <laughs> I like that segue, by the way. Harry's razors. Well, it would have been good if you didn't just Harry's like pat yourself on the back for it, like right after you did it. You know, you know, Curtis. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a read. Can you let me get back to this? Uh, but. <laughs> It, I do actually use Harry's razors. They're fantastic. And if you visit their website, you can actually check out all the different shave sets and face care products that they have. And you, you join the 10 million who've already tried Harry's and you can claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. And why try Harry's you might ask Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. And Harry's makes quality durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. And if you don't love your shave, you can let them know and they'll give you a full refund. And this summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five blade razor with a lubricated strip, and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners can go to redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support this show. Okay, I think I'm back up at 105. This is this is a player that is probably the 101 in, in some Debbie <laughs> ranking sets out there. Really, really happy to get him here. But again, this this goes back to what I was saying at the top of the show. You know, a player that's not going to be available to 2021, you know, that matters at some point. And, but I'm going to go ahead and take one of those players, and it's, it's Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore out of Purdue, um, following up. His an incredible, historically great freshman campaign with just more fire uh, this year in 2019 uh, through three contests, already sporting 369 yards uh, on 27 receptions, uh, even has uh, some production in the kick return game, uh, doing a nice job there as well. Uh, had a kind of a tough matchup with, with TCU. Uh, they they figured something out and were able to blank him there a little bit. But, I mean, he had 11 for 124 and a touch against Nevada in week one, uh, then followed that up with, with 13 for 220 and a touch against Vanderbilt. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be excited to see how he does against some of the stiffer competition in the Big Ten. Of course, you know, he just absolutely shocked Ohio State last year uh, in their secondary. So, I mean, he has popped in some of these big games, this one little – blip against TCU doesn't really bother me. 
Uh, and, you know, I, I think we'll continue to fill out that frame a little bit. Potential for him to grow as young as he is, uh, but even already at 5'9 and 180, uh, no, no concerns, even though he's a little slight, uh, no actual concerns about, about his size. So Rondell Moore at the 105 for me. Yeah, you, you would. You would. That's all I got to say, man. It's just you would take Rondell Moore at one one point oh five. That that's my alma mater. He's he's my one of my favorite players just ever in, in general and in, in football of any kind. I mean, he he squats six hundred pounds. He he's already you know had ridiculous yards from scrimmage numbers, and he was you know given the Paul Hornung Award for being the most versatile player in college football last season, indicative of of a pretty safe uh, future draft capital. Uh, and, and definitely a player that I, I'm excited about just for college football purposes. But even this past uh, matchup against TCU, uh, Purdue actually had their backup quarterback in because Elijah Sindelar had been hurt. And uh, the backup quarterback for Purdue is apparently terrible because he <laughs> completed about 45% of his passes, only completed 13, <laughs> 13 passes the whole game. 13 for 29 was that uh, was his ugly stat line. Uh, so I think whenever Sindelar gets back in the lineup, whenever they have any type of uh, you know consistent quarterback play again, he'll he'll continue his uh, tirade and, and destruction of of college football uh, as a whole. But at the sixth pick, I'm gonna just mix it up here and uh, go with a player that's been rising up my draft boards and should be rising up most people's draft boards at this point. And that's uh, Chubba Hubbard. <laughs> I'm just going to call him that because why not? Chubba Hubbard, because it's more fun to say it like that. For uh, Oklahoma State, uh, a ridiculous talent who's uh, showcasing why uh, he basically made J.D. King transfer to, to Georgia Southern in this offseason and why he was uh, keeping Justice Hill off the field at times, even when he was coming back from injury last year. Chubba Hubbard, he, he averaged 16 yards per carry. In high school, that's I'll say that, say that a little bit slower. Sixteen yards per carry in high school, uh, and why? Because he's incredibly fast. Uh, basically, a track speed that uh, is not on the the Olympic level, but definitely impressive uh, for high school. De- definitely good enough to be a type of uh, college track athlete as well. Uh, and I think that's that's showing up on the field every single stinking week so far. Uh, but he's already got through four games, 642 rushing yards right now. Through That's just four games, mind you. And one thing, I, I haven't even gotten into the depth of charting running backs just yet, but what, one thing I'm noticing with Hubbard is he basically always gets back to the line of scrimmage. I, I'm guessing at, at this point it's probably about 95% given uh, what I already looked at in the first couple matchups. Uh, he just always finds a way to, to create positive yardage. Uh, for his team, and I think when you mix his speed with his ability to to create positive yardage and and good situations for his offense, there's going to be a team that invests in on day two, if if not late day one, uh, in Hubbard when he does come out. So I know it's kind of quick to to put him in the top half of the first round. Uh, you might not be there just yet, Curtis, but for me, I, I just have to given the running back position and the premium there and what he's done this year and last. Well, I, I'm not going to blame you for getting your guy after you miss more uh, and, and try to get cute and, and let him slide to me. But yeah, Hubbard, he's getting an insane rushing volume this year, you know, save for the team's game against McNeese State. Uh, he's had yeah. at least 20, 26 carries in, in each of the other three contests. I'm a little disappointed 
not to see him getting the receiving work this year like he was last year, but it's a long season and that could come back. Uh, you, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've watched um, the depth there a little bit more. I, you know, I know Oklahoma State kind of has a history of letting some of the rotational guys get some of that receiving work uh, in complementary roles. So I'm not sure if that's why he's not getting the targets or if they're just not throwing the ball to the to the running back position this year. Do you, do you know off the top of your hand uh, top of your head on that? I was looking at even in some college football DFS analysis was looking at uh, how sparingly they've used the running backs in the receiving game just from an overall market share standpoint like their raw numbers in receptions might be okay but they, they throw the ball so much they just don't go to the running back it's like unless they absolutely have to so I think uh, that will correct itself some moving forward this year. Uh, but uh, so far, Sanders, the, the quarterback, would rather tuck and run rather than uh, take that short dump off to the running back. Uh, so we'll see if that kind of corrects itself. But he's already proven that he can catch some passes last season. Uh, so I'm not really worried about that aspect of his profile as much. Okay, fantastic. I'm going to go back to the wide receiver well again. Um, I'm liking the value. We've talked a lot about in the 2020 draft uh, that that was a, a great draft to target for the running backs. But I think, you know, there's some wide receivers that are, are really attractive in this draft. And, and one guy that's moved up within a tier, uh, I've had some reshuffling within that tier this year, is C.D. Lamb. I'm going to take C.D. Lamb here, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. You know, the, the Sooner wide receivers have had a, a nice bounce back in terms of uh, their NFL success rate from that program. You know, once upon a time, you know, if you went to Oklahoma and you just, you know, the narrative kind of was, well, you don't face any defense, uh, you know, at all in the Big 12. And we didn't see the success from those guys. But, you know, thanks to D.D. Westbrook and thanks to Marquise Brown and, uh, you know, multiple quarterbacks also um, looking like they're going to have uh, at least an average uh, outcome for their draft capital and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. There's been a lot of attention being paid to. The Oklahoma offense, there's been more adoption of some of these air, air raid principles. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb, in comparison to those other two guys, you know, has a little bit more size than Marquise Brown and D.D. And Westbrook. And um, maybe more of a, you know, I'd, it's a little cliche to say alpha wide receiver because teams are getting more and more away from uh, the true, you know, 160 target X these days uh, because of, you know, that adoption of spread principles. But CD Lamb certainly is a, a dominating presence out there on the field. And he's averaging well over, you know, 20 to 25 yards per reception this year. And really excited. And, and all eyes on that Oklahoma offense, all eyes on uh, what the head coach is doing there. He's, you know, obviously gonna, every year going to be continued to be a NFL head coaching candidate. And, you know, I, I think CD Lamb, um, could certainly do some damage in the NFL as a rookie, uh, just like some of his predecessors. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, they've already kind of uh, found uh, another option to go to. It feels like the the Sooners just always kind of funnel their offense through uh, a couple wide receivers, and this year they're they're funneling the other targets to a guy named Rambo. So that's kind of cool. I think he's actually <laughs> going to be a decent play playmaker one day as well but i mean if 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 rambo's on your team you have to throw the ball to him some i mean you can't all throw everything to cd lamb but yeah i like the pick right there and i think he's somebody that has shown to not only be just that alpha wide receiver but be incredibly smart uh and, and just finding the, the spots in the zone 
uh, really calling out to the quarterback and signaling I've seen, uh, just just basically knowing, hey, before I even get to my stem, he's throwing his hand up because you know he's I know I'm open. You know, it's just like the the smart little things I think Lamb does does really well. So can't can't uh, knock you for taking him at the seven slot. For me, I, I'm gonna go and stick with Lavisca Chenault, and uh, that's that's a little concerning to me uh, right now, just because. Uh, Chenault actually left uh, the uh, previous game with with an unspecified injury. I don't know if it's actually come out that what exactly uh, he hurt this past game, but health has actually been an issue for him uh, so far in his career. But last season, he averaged 125 yards from scrimmage per game and scored 11 touchdowns in nine uh, nine nine games by itself. I mean, his pace was just absurd. I mean, he would have been all over the place statistically and would have probably won awards had he stayed healthy for the entire season. This year he's off to a little bit of a slower start, but the uh, Colorado offense is as a whole. Uh, But he's already got 17 catches through four games, uh, 226 receiving yards, a couple touchdowns, and he's also getting some more carries. They're still going with him on the ground some just because he's just a big-bodied monster of a man at 6'2", 220. Uh, it really features almost like a, a feature back on top of being uh, a dominant wide receiver. Uh, I want him to stay healthy. I want him to get healthy. I want to just see a full season of what he could be. But LaVisca at the eighth pick for me uh, is a pretty good value. Uh, but, um, you know, that's that's that seems like a no-brainer given where he was uh, last year. But uh, is he in that that's a kind of mid-top top 10 at least for you right now still? Yeah, he he's in the tier I was referring to earlier along with one other wide receiver and coming into the season I would have had him above CD Lamb uh, but Lamb's continued to to answer some questions for me and and there is that little bit of yeah. fall off so it's just I mean it's just a matter of preference within the tier could easily flip by the end of the year again awesome well great well hey Curtis at the end of this week uh, I know I'm going to sit down I'm going to take some uh, time off and obviously watch some college football cuz that's what I love to do but I'm also going to be watching some NFL I mean you got game winning touchdowns on 2 minute drives running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them and th- there's nothing else like the NFL or or college and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them so do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag and no one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. And don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where some of the other uh, Nashville sports guys here on the radio actually play. And it's where you should, too. I mean, I wouldn't be telling you this to bet with them if they weren't the best. I mean, do the smart thing if you're going to bet you know, this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Uh, college football too, obviously, since we're talking about a Debbie podcast. But join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. That is... Uh, double your first deposit. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. And that's promo code again, BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today where you can play and you win and you get paid. All right, I think I'm back on the clock uh, for what, the 109 here. And this is a player who was much, much higher in my rankings. If we would have been doing this uh, mock draft exercise, say around this time in 2018. Uh, but in the 2018 season, 
you know, this guy had a, a bit of a disappointing uh, fall off. Statistically, didn't look uh, great. A, a lot of that blame goes to his offensive line and the, the system um, and just overall lack of performance by this team. But, man, you want to talk about resurgence in the junior season for Cam Akers. Looking fantastic this year, man. Looking really fantastic. Uh, very involved in the receiving game. Uh, at least a, a pair of receptions in every game and uh, at least three and three out of the four contests. Uh, hit, hit 100 yards rushing in three out of four contests. Has six rushing touchdowns. Um, it's good to see him looking like the player we saw as a true freshman back in 2017. Uh, and, and it's a, a bit of a feel-good story. I was a little worried about his his future in the NFL if we didn't see the bounce back. I mean, there's just too many times last year where there was no room and very little he could do. And we've seen players who, you know, were kind of self-starters and you know made their own space do okay in the NFL draft. You know, David Montgomery comes to mind. But, you know, that's David Montgomery outcome isn't what we were thinking for Cam Akers when he – you know, committed to FSU as a, uh, you know, just one of the truly elite uh, high school prospects uh, in the 2017 uh, recruiting class. So uh, very impressed with what he's doing. I think he's certainly back on the radar as a day two prospect in the 2020 NFL draft. 109 Cam Akers running back Florida State. Yeah, I think a lot of people really can't argue with that. There he's blue blood recruit plus athlete um, and not ideal situation, but I think he's going to get some draft capital. So, uh, you know, not, not a crazy pick. I think a lot of people would have gone a lot earlier still just uh, hoping that, that it is the, the FSU offense that's been the problem completely rather than, uh, rather than him. But with the 10th pick, I'm actually going to go to a player that's not having a great year this year, but it's not at all his fault as well. Jalen Rager for the TCU Horn Frogs uh, has been an absolute monster, regardless of the quarterback play, for the majority of his career. But this year, uh, obviously, the, the offense is a mess for TCU. They entered this this offseason and really spent most of the summer juggling four or five quarterbacks. They had no no idea who the the starter was going to be really up up leading up until really the the first game. And they, they went with Max Dugan. He's been okay. Alex Delton has looked horrible in his limited action. But nobody can get him the ball. And it's, it's just a shame because last season he absolutely just carried the offense again. Had 72 catches for over 1,000 yards in his 13, 13 games. And actually, I, I wrote this up a little bit earlier this summer, but uh, he already has as far as a, a dominator and adjusted yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt his overall adjusted production index score would put him around the 64th 65th percentile among NFL prospects that that typically get drafted so if you look at a player in Jalen Rager that probably runs a 4-4 or better that type of speed with it with somebody who has an adequate and really impressive production profile already if he can put together any type of numbers this year he's going to be somebody that's going to be drafted early very, very early, uh, and I, I'm going to be all over him. If he drops it all just because of a down year due to really just embarrassing, embarrassing, and that's not even really the word. There has to be a word worse than embarrassing, but embarrassing quarterback play by, by TCU. Uh, if, he, if, he, if his price 
is derailed at all. I'm going to be all over getting Rager as much as I can. Uh, I don't know if you're right there with me, Curtis, but Rager is somebody that I can't wait to see in the pros. Yeah, Rager was the third guy in that that tier. Um, So he would have been my pick here. Uh, Really like him. He's kind of a a root of his favorite. Uh, I know uh, Matt Wisby and and Jordan Hoover also uh, firmly on on Rager. So great pick there. I'm not too worried by this little dry spell that he's in. I think he'll find his way out. Okay, we've only got two picks left in this mock, and – there's so many players um, that I could take here. You know, I, two was a temptation because of some of the just these rookie quarterbacks bursting onto the scene. I, I'm not going to go that direction. You know, you know, you know, Benjamin uh, is on the radar. Um, Justin Ross has been a slow starter and, and he's not available till 2021. Tyler Johnson with the late breakout. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looks resurgent. A lot, a lot of different players that maybe come to mind. I'm going to go a little bit further down my board. And yeah, that means I've, I've made some changes in my rankings, but I'm going to, I'm going to select Tylen Wallace here at 111. Uh, just remarkably uh, consistent this year. You know, last year showed us what seven games with over a hundred receiving yards in that uh, Oklahoma state offense, including a pair of, of 220 yard games and a span of three weeks, you know, this year started red hot again, uh, five receptions in all four contests uh, no less than 83 yards, uh, hung 180 spot for three touchdowns and, and what a quarter and a half or something against, uh, McNeese state and, uh, looked, you know, as the competitions ramped up, he still looked, you know, plenty effective with a 583 line against Texas on the road, uh, just last week. So Tylen Wallace, uh, the pick at one eleven. Okay. I-, I like it. I think, I mean, all he does is score huge, touchdowns and average like 25 yards per reception on a really good offense he'll definitely be in the conversation for the Boletnikoff award best wide receiver in college football uh, again this season so really can't go wrong with him somebody that is definitely in that top tier for me and I think most for sure that leaves me in a tough spot here though for the the last pick in this draft uh, there's a few di- directions I could go I could get you know Justin Ross like you mentioned because he kind of exploded with a thousand yards uh, his teammate and T Higgins uh, has looked like the real deal. And it looks like he's kind of fixing his market share and in, uh, in final season breakout numbers this year, but I'm actually going to pivot and go to Tyler Johnson, who mm. just from the numbers uh, standpoint, I mean, his breakout, what he did even back in 2017, uh, he's just been incredible. His, his market share numbers are, are bonkers. Even sharing the field now with a really good wide receiver and Rashad Bateman, He's still finding a way to dominate. Had a three-touchdown performance uh, here recently and is just (laughs) playing for Minnesota has got to be frustrating because they can't really maintain much of an offense. Not a high-volume passing offense, and they rely on the ground game, and it's not even really that good or efficient. So it doesn't give him a ton of just raw volume of opportunity, but he, he profiles as basically a 98th percentile producer for uh, NFL prospect standards. Uh, and that's if he just quit playing right now and, and waited till the NFL draft. Like he's just, his numbers are absolutely insane. So unless he just scares us with the hor- horrible NFL combine or something comes up in between now and then, there's absolutely no way he isn't a day two selection. And uh, I- I'm okay 
betting on that, given what we know of uh, his pr- production and his ability to just move the chains and, and be a big-time playmaker in the red zone as well. Actually, had 12 touchdowns last year on his 78 catches. So I really like Tyler Johnson. What about you? Yeah, I, I like Tyler Johnson. I, I, stru- I struggle with him. Um, he like For some reason, he just seems like plain vanilla ice cream to me, and I think it's because he's going to be an old player uh in the draft but i i mean i i really like i mean it's it's not his fault well i mean it is his fault he's playing in minnesota i mean he either could have been a you know may, maybe a little bit more of a, a blue chipper um or just chosen a more attractive place where he could have played you know in a more attractive offense with a more attractive quarterback but yeah yeah i mean at tyler johnson certainly i think he's firmly on the radar of of nfl scouts he's got good side you know as good a size uh, and thickness as any of the receivers we've talked about today uh, over 6-2 uh, could could be as, as heavy as 210 I think on that frame um, so yeah and I mean Big Ten receivers a little bit hit and miss in, in recent years but he's shown well um, in some of the bigger spots and uh, at this point in his career he's you know either scored a touchdown or hung triple digit receiving yards on I, th- I think every team in the Big Ten including uh, the Buckeyes and uh, actually Penn State's about the only school doesn't have a solid track record against uh, at this point. So maybe he can correct that this year uh, if they're on the schedule. But yeah, I, I, I like it. I think he was going to be on the radar really for any of the next handful of picks and not surprised at all that you, you call his name at 112. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed uh, learning about some of the top uh, college playmakers if you weren't already on the loop on some of these guys. But that's what the top 12 looks like, according to Curtis and Travis. You can find us on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. That's Curtis, surprise, and I'm FF underscore Travis M on Twitter. And just to tell us how wrong we were on this mock, if you'd like to. But uh, come join us in our premium Slack uh, with, via the Dynasty Command Center Slack. It's just a great community of awesome people. I just uh, can't wait to uh, see you there or on Twitter or wherever else you want to find us. If you want to come to Nashville and hang out with me, that's fine too. But until next time, until I see you on, on Twitter or in Nashville or wherever else, keep living that dynasty life. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.